Welcome everyone to the Deep Dive, the podcast that skips small talk and goes straight for the concepts that shape our thinking and behavior. In this podcast, cold expertise is defenestrated as warm philosophy is enthroned in an attempt to explore the field in which we're all scientists looking for answers, living well. Hello world, welcome to another episode of the Deep Dive with Eyal Shai and with me today is Klo S. Hi Klo. Hi Eyal, thanks for inviting me on the podcast. You're welcome, thank you for, for coming here. Um, what is the subject of your choice for today? Um, today we're going to talk about tribes and communities and homes and chosen homes and chosen families. Perfect. I'm definitely interested in the topic myself, thinking a lot about home, moving, wandering, and, and settling down. Um, so for you, in terms of the appearance of the idea in your mind, when would you say you remember the first, if you remember the first, um, first few times that this subject has come up in your head? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mostly when I was a kid and I was seeing how their homes felt and comparing it to mine and it always felt more welcoming and loving and accepting I guess and so just seeing this comparison uh, made me start to think about it Um, and then more, more recently, two months ago, I was on a trip. Uh, I was in Berlin for two weeks, and this city felt much more comfortable, and I felt like I belonged much more than I had felt in my hometown in a long, long time. So that renewed all of these thoughts. So in terms of the, of the first times, like going to other kids' homes, Um, what was the the contrast there? Um, I don't know however much you feel comfortable sharing, but what was the what was the difference between what you saw there and, and your own home? I think I saw a difference in how people behaved towards each other and how I think they felt about each other and about spending time together. Um, yeah, it, it felt way more. way warmer than what I knew and what I experienced at home. Um, so I was definitely a bit envious of that um, because it seemed amazing. Yeah, I witnessed all of that. And then sometimes in some homes, whether of friends or uh, ex-partners, I felt very welcomed when the, the families actually made an effort towards it, even if we were meeting, meeting for the first time, but really uh, making sure that I felt that I was part of it, even though I was more of a, an outsider to the family. Um, so that felt really nice. That, that makes sense. Um, now, in terms of, of looking back at your own then home, do, could you, do you know, like within yourself, what were the causes like have you ever 
thought about how it came to be the way it was instead of how, what, what you saw in, in other places? Yeah, how do I phrase this? I think it was in the way of showing love, but that's very, that's just, you know, a, a thing of personality, right? And of the people I was living with when I was a child or a teen. Um, um, yeah, I think it's just, it wasn't as warm. So it was in, in small attentions and in behavior and stuff like that. And also as a teenager, I wasn't feeling very comfortable. I was feeling pretty tense about where I was living and with whom I was living. And so that, that obviously doesn't help. Right. Um, was there any sort of aspect of the physical surroundings that was added to that? Or from that perspective, all the different homes that you saw were, were similar? Or was there something about the, the physical place as well? No, I don't think there was anything about the physical place. So it's not uh, it's not a case of like having the landscape of your of your childhood or anything like that that dictates for you a sort of of where where you should be. Um, as in like the the living space. Um, the living space, the street, the neighborhood, uh, maybe the landscape around. No, no, that was that was perfectly fine. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm just beginning to see the differences between us, so it's good. I'm, I'm <laughs> investigating. Um, Do you want to talk a bit about yours, like how it was for you? Because if you're just beginning to see the differences, that means that there was a lot in common. So I'm kind of curious about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so for me, it's uh, I grew up in a kibbutz in Israel, which is a type of, um, for those listening, it's a type of uh, almost like communist village. Uh, that people started in the 1930s in, in this kibbutz case. And people were pulling the resources together. And it was just young people starting it. Uh, many of their family members, um, for the ones that joined in the 40s, many of their family members were slaughtered in the Holocaust. Um, but even the founders in 1939, um, they had all left home in Europe, um, looking to build a new home in Israel. And, and they were Zionists. They were young people. They had no parents. They had no children. And it must have been an amazing experience building something like that from scratch. So I'm the third generation here. And um, I traveled quite a bit. And, and I came back recently. And I think maybe, maybe like that's enough background for now like i will probably elaborate on it as we as we both come to a point where we share more like our contemporary thoughts about about how we feel about home so if it's okay to to go back to you and your story growing up that was an experience you had of going to other places and feeling the warmth and and in some way being attracted to that and uh would it be fair to say that you preferred being in other homes um yeah for some of them yeah i did mm -hmm. or i preferred in general not being at home for instance um being at school as a teenager just the the hours uh the high school hours were more enjoyable than the home hours when would be the first time that you 
uh, left at home where you would actually go to sleep somewhere else on a regular basis, I guess. So I left when I had just turned 17 to live with, to live with my other parents because uh, my parents were divorced. So I left at 17 to live with the other one. And that was a relief. Yeah. And did you, did you feel in, in this new home that things were different? Like now comparing these two homes that you've experienced, were you, I don't know if you were explicitly doing that, but were you calling one home and the other like using some other term or, or concept to do it? Or did you gener generally feel like it's home in the new one? Um, yeah, because I felt better. So it wasn't the same type of structured. It wasn't as traditionally structured as in super regular hours and having all the meals together and all of that. It was more um, free flowing, but I felt better in that environment, much better. So in, in that sense, yeah, it was definitely um I was definitely starting to call it home very quickly. Um, so you're saying that you didn't really get along with the, with the traditional um, mindset. So is that for a home, for the whole concept, is there a connotation of, of acceptance of, of who you are? Like, do you feel that your personality kind of clashed with something that was there? Um, yeah. But I don't think the clash was the cause of it being kind of a traditional household. Um, I think I would have felt fine, you know, in, in an environment that was also pretty classic in terms of how members of a household interact. But yeah, where, where I felt freer. And that, that's what happened at the second place that I moved in. I felt much more free. Was it also a matter of being able to, to express yourself more in some sense? Yeah, there was some of that too. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts around that point in time? If you can go back to it and kind of um, fumble through some memories, what are your thoughts then about where you're going to live or what is it what it's going to look like or what it has to have for you to be happy in or i realize you were 17 so i'm not not necessarily these these kind of thoughts uh, pop in your mind but maybe there was something something like that that you were already beginning to to think about a, a long-term um place for you yeah well in the first place my thoughts were just I didn't know where I wanted to live, but I just knew I didn't want to keep living there. Um, and then when I moved to the second one, no, I don't think I was picturing any future home or anything. I just, I still had this idea in mind that it's, it feels really, really good when I'm in the few places that feel very homely, but it's never mine. It's friends' places or boyfriends' places or things, or things like that. Um, but other than that, I didn't have any image in mind for a future home. I was just relieved to have left and be in a place where I felt better. Nice. Yeah, I, I can I can say that for myself, um, I was living in the kibbutz. I had been 
traveling from time to time. So I had already seen the world um, by the time I was 17. Actually, when I was 17, I went for a month by myself, well, well with another friend to, to Georgia, the country. So we were kind of cosmopolitan in our thinking. Um, but in Israel, I never left home. And I think I flew on an airplane like way before I took a bus anywhere because it's kind of a rural place. And then I, I got recruited to the army just because we have to go to the army here in Israel when you're 18. I did feel like I was not completely, uh, I didn't really belong where I was born. So I have friends that I'm very emotionally connected with, but in terms of our ideas and, and sort of in life philosophy, it's, it's not a perfect match. And I never really wanted to be identified with a group, you know, not Israeli, not Jewish, not kibbutznik, not anything. Like I was terrified of being put in, into, in a group. So when I finished my army service, so that's right around my 21st birthday, I just immediately flew away and, and mm -hmm. didn't come back, uh, not physically, but didn't live here for, for about 12 years. Um, so is that something that, that was also in, in your case, not being extremely happy with the home you had in your childhood, did it make you kind of go somewhere else and take a sharp turn at some point and try out something completely new? Mm, yeah, it, it wasn't completely new, but I definitely needed that. And I had felt the need to leave for a long time. And then I remember when I finally, I felt like I was backed in a corner and my only solution was I need to leave. And the only way I can do that that, that I see that I can do that is going to my other parents. Yeah. Were they there kind of waiting for this to happen? Did they think it was going to happen? Were they welcoming or did it take some convincing on both sides or it was just up to you? I don't think anyone saw it coming. Um, the, the parent that I moved in with was welcoming and was really there for me. Uh, the parent that I left was surprised and sad and probably disappointed and everything that goes with it, but that's what needed to happen. Right. And what would be the next station um, on your journey, like in terms of just in terms of living arrangements, but also in terms of your ideas about what a, what a good home feels like? Well, then I left, so here I'm... I've been living on my own for five years. And the next step is I really want to leave this city. Even when I moved in my current place, I already had in mind that I'm not going to be here for a long time anyway, because I want to leave. But then things happened and work and I didn't know where I wanted to go. I just knew I wanted to leave Paris. And then I had a plan, but then COVID and everything. So... So, um, COVID, yeah. yeah, that's, that's the part of the story that we all have in common, but then COVID, exactly. but then COVID, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so maybe hopefully next year and possibly Berlin. So why, why Berlin? I mean, and also before, before we get to why Berlin, 
when you did travel, did you, were you already like, it sounds like you were already scouting for a potential uh, place. So what were kind of the parameters in your mind? Was it, were they pragmatic or which has the, the best, um, I don't know, like city planning or was it, or friends featuring in it, like the number of friends you might have there or what are some of the things you, you look for in a home? I wanted a place that was less crowded than Paris because that's something that I don't like about my current city. Um, less crowded, safer, still like a, a medium or big size city where I can find anything and where you have a rich cultural life and all of that. If I speak the language, it's a plus, but if I don't, it's fine. I'm not afraid of learning. And that was about it. So um, what, what, what are some other candidates that, that, you, can, that you visited <laughs> in terms well, of a physical place? Um, you were definitely right in saying that I was already on the lookout for different cities and how I would feel in them and whether I would move there. Uh, I had Lisbon in my mind quite a bit because I like sunny places. Uh, Paris is a bit harsh for me in terms of winter, in terms of how gray it is and how little daylight there is. Um, so I definitely did not have Berlin in mind at first, but yeah, Lisbon, and I was thinking Spain, Portugal in general. Yeah, that was about it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess Berlin took me by surprise. <laughs> what about going forward? Um, if you see yourself with, um, with your own family, the future what kind of environment would be necessary for a home what would you do differently that will make them feel at home and do you even look for a place i guess what i'm trying to get at if you came to a place where you felt comfortable would this be like your home in the sense that you're probably going to want to stay there for as long as possible i don't think i can say anything about that yet because I'm definitely not thinking about um, family in the sense of children at the moment and I don't know what I'm going to want one year from now let alone <laughs> like five years you know I just know that right now um, the best contender that I know of is Berlin so probably going there uh, I know that I felt good in this city but that was July so I want to try it out in winter and I'm, I'm going back I have I already have my tickets to go back in December and see how it's like in the rough of the winter right that's a good idea yeah and then then I'll see maybe we'll do another podcast in two years and see <laughs> how, how everything has evolved for the both of us for sure for sure um yeah going going during the 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 harshest season is probably a good idea, but it can be, I think you should first go in the best season and then go in the harshest season. So if I'm to pick up my story again, like I, as soon as I was out of the army, I opened a, a WOOF catalog. A WOOF is like W-W-O-O-F is Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. And it's an mm -hmm. organization that kind of just um, connects hosts with, with willing workers and you get room and board and you go anywhere in the world, right? So I wanted to go to the States because I'm a citizen and 
I had these two states in mind that you always see in the movies, which is California and Florida. They're sunny, um, lots of uh, beautiful people, whatever, the, the boulevards, all that. That's what in the movies, right? Except for New York, which I'm Israeli. So every, and any place that's cold was out of the question. <laughs> but all the farms I had called in these two states were kind of full. They had plans, whatever. And then I saw one farm. I think at the time it was just one farm in Georgia. And Georgia, I was looking at the map. It's like, oh, it's just one state over from Florida. It's probably still hot. It's okay. This place sounds amazing. So I did that. I picked up the phone and the owner of the farm told me, it's like coming to a third world country. Like, are you ready for this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was into asceticism, having read Siddhartha, you know, a few years back and just wanting the journey of like, no, I don't need anything material <laughs> and all that. Um, so I landed there and I found a home, like immediately. I found trees. I started identifying all the trees, all the plants, all the animals, all the everything. And to me, like, maybe you get the sense that uh, the surroundings matter to me. Like I'm a nature person and because I'm, I'm a person that loves nature, I need to know everything about the nature I live in. And it felt like home so much that I think a year into my stay there, I bought land right next to the farm where, uh, where I stayed. I bought land wanting to build my own house there, right? Keeping with the tradition of my grandparents that started the place. And I just felt... I, that wasn't explicit, but maybe like inexplicitly, I felt like I need to be some sort of, of pioneer too. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I did that, which is crazy, right? I'm 22 or something. And, and it's not cheap land, right? It's a, it's a big plot of land. So basically I, I inherited some money and I immediately put it there, not in any sort of long-term investment plan or whatever something boring like that. <laughs> I just <laughs> went and bought land and I traveled across the US and did that and came back and it was totally home for me. Um, but then after two and a half years or three years, I, I was homesick. Like I just found myself like phoning my relatives and friends like every day, you know, to the point where I'm thinking, wow, I'm probably nagging them, like calling every day <laughs> and they're like, yeah, what's up now? Nothing is new yet. And I'm like, just, just stay on the phone with me. Um, so I had a girlfriend. We met. Uh, we moved to Florida for a little while. I tried to be a, a good American by uh, getting a, a job like selling insurance, which is ridiculous. Like, I just told you I love nature. And now I'm like wearing a suit and tie to work. Ridiculous. I can't imagine you like that. <laughs> and yeah, no, nobody can. I never sold a policy, of course. Like the only good thing that came of it, I passed the insurance exam in Florida to sell mm -hmm. life insurance. That was a good experience because it was so boring, the exam, you know, and <laughs> just the feeling of achievement that I got when I finally did it and I showed up to the exam and I passed it. And that was like, I, I was patting myself on the back, but that's the only positive thing about it. And then after half a year, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to study something in Israel. Um, it's much cheaper. Like I'll never go to university in, this, in the US. And that's when I came back to Israel, but I still did not want to live in the kibbutz, right? So I moved to a city and, um, and stayed there. But 
the, the point of just why I'm telling you is like, it's interesting for me to juxtapose our two cases and to show you that since, since I'm like 21 or something, I'm looking for the place that is going to be me. You know, I want to plant those trees and watch mm -hmm. them grow and yeah. And have my garden where I'm like, because I, I celebrate birthdays for my plants in my garden. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> so wait, is it the birthday on the day that you planted the plant? No, no, it's uh, because Israel is so seasonal. It's extremely dry for six or seven months or even eight months sometimes. And so wet for the rest of the year that you just have half a year that's like complete desert, right? No rainfall. Everything is dry um, and all that. And then right about this time of year, September, um, we celebrate Rosh Hashanah, the, um, the Jewish New Year. And that's the new year in the Jewish calendar because that's when the rains start to fall. Um, so the whole calendar is very agricultural. And then things start popping up. So now I have a few flowers that are starting to go in bloom. So that's kind of like the number of seasons. They are with me. I kind mm -hmm. of note it. And I don't have a system. I don't write it down or anything. But some of the plants I have, I started from seed. And I saw them as seedlings and they sprouted and I put them in the ground and I keep track of like how old you are. And I kind of celebrate it every year, you know? How do, how do you celebrate it? Oh, just, just being extremely uh, happy every time I see a new plant, a new flower, a new, and it just, just an amazing feeling. But I also kind of do it with the, with the migratory birds that come in, you know? So I see them coming in the fall. And I'm like, wow, the flamingos are here. The different, oh, the, the, the big uh, birds of prey that come through here. Like, I love these. And, and storks, they come here in the winter. So every time, and it just, year round, it just keeps, keeps the joy flowing because there's all the time something new. Um, so it's very interesting for me to hear from you about your experience with the home, that it's not about um, like a specific place or anything like that is, it's one of those things that a few years ago, I would not be able to contemplate that there are people like you that are different from me, you know, like when you're young, I think you think that people who don't think like you, there's like something wrong with them. <laughs> and, yeah, and now yeah. I just realized that it's so interesting um, that, that people are really different. Yeah. And these days, like my wife is from, a different part of the country but hear this out so this different part of the country is 25 minutes away yeah. <laughs> and, and we each we each right now I, I live in the kibbutz again I came back I felt like I needed to do it see if I connect with the people here if it does me good um, and we've been here nine or ten months now and now I'm, I'm ready to leave because I'm, I'm not uh, the community here is kind of just thinks differently and is is much more mainstream than than we are maybe. But ten months ago we were like I was pulling here and she was pulling to her what she calls home, which is also not a physical place; it's an area. Um, mm -hmm. And and it was really tough, you know. It was we each of us really wanted and we're not people who who give up easily. 
and each one of us really pulled hard like tugged tugged the rope uh very hard with force and and i won that uh that um tug of war but now i'm ready to to that because she's always right in the end so it's it's very interesting i mean were you ever in a situation where you um wanted to go somewhere that felt right to you and and it was in opposition with somebody else's plans mm, no um the few things i've had are more people who wanted something in terms of living situation living situation wanted some change and i didn't yeah so wait does that mean that now you're gonna go to your wife's uh, area of choice to try it out um if it's not very likely that there will be homes available there for renting out um and we're not suffering like we're not in a dire situation we can stay here as long as we want and and all that um so it's not like a a pressing thing but yeah if if the opportunity comes then i kind of but i had to come here to check something that i had to check with myself you know <laughs> i i came here and and did that and it was good for for what it was but i'm still looking i haven't i haven't given up the dream of of planting those trees like i said in my garden and to me it's like pressing i'm 33 now soon 34 and oh i'm starting to think oh i'm imagining this tree i i planted in georgia when i thought i was going to live there the things i did it's already it can be like something like 11 years now and those trees yeah. are big and i kind of wish that i was next to them because i really this is not just a metaphor for me i really want to grow with the trees i'm planting um and also where she wants to live is kind of super super expensive so mm -hmm. unless I land some really great job, which I'm not on the not on the way to doing because I'm not really trying. Yeah, I don't know if we'll ever own a home. So maybe rent long term or something like that. Um, mm. Right now, we're kind of in the air waiting to see what will happen with the housing market. So. Yeah. Okay, I see. How about in terms of how you arrange things? in your home like are there things that you take with you that you feel attached to in terms of physical things like if i'm if i move to another home yeah yeah well i would definitely take my plants with me that's for sure um yeah all the books i i don't think i have a ton of things but books saxophone clothes jewelry yeah that's about it I love Work how you're, you're just, you're so casual about the fact that you just said saxophone and it's like the coolest <laughs> thing that anybody could own, probably. I wish I played more often, but it's not what I'm focusing on these days, but I'm keeping it and I'm playing every now and then. And maybe someday I'll get back into it like regularly, but not to play on my own, to play with other people as well. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I wish I wish for myself to hear it one day. Yeah, um, <laughs> with pleasure. Yeah, we, we have we have tons of, of potted plants exactly because we've never had like a garden, a long term garden. Um, but I'm also interested in like finding with you about, let's say, 
the world is is everybody's home in the end just the way we're we're in it the way we think our thoughts how comfortable we feel in the world like so I'm trying to to go there and see how do you feel in the world does the world at large feel like like a good home to you in terms of how you understand it how comfortable you feel in it um yeah I think it's yeah i think it's all right i i feel comfortable enough even in new places i make myself feel comfortable and sometimes that that requires like reading up about it beforehand or something like that but i'm feeling pretty comfortable in general yeah because i've i've been using this metaphor for what i also do with people which is dialectic and i frame it as you know eventually you want to feel at home in the world i think it's actually quite rare for people to feel at home in the world in the sense that a lot of people feel that um, they are playing a, a strange game in terms of what the objectives even are and how they're tackling um, living life in general like they're not sure that what they do is what they should be doing they're not sure that their success is actually the kind of success that that they should be achieving stuff like that so in terms of of understanding the the rules of this world that is home to to all of us do you feel like that's something that you've got figured out i think i figure i i feel that i figured out enough of it and there's a lot more that i will figure out But, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, well, it took me a long time. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear all this confidence from you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. How about you? How are you? How are you feeling in that aspect? Oh, well, um, a lot better today. Uh, but it took some hard work. <laughs> Basically, my model of reality that I have in my mind um, just get it right and and in place and and that kind of helps I think a lot of people don't have a lot of their concepts in in place and and that's confusing like they understand bits and pieces about different concepts but they're not really finely polished and then it creates confusion a lot of confusion so it seems that a lot of people are are confused and When you're confused, I think you, you're alert. And if you're alert, you don't feel at home. I think mm -hmm. that the, the concept of home kind of brings with it a feeling that you can be, that you can lay back, right? That you can let go. And Yeah. Where is the place that you've felt the most at home? Yeah. So yeah, that's a good question. Um, so like, like I had said in Georgia, I felt at home immediately. I had every intention to build a home there, um, but I was too young. I didn't have enough support. Um, I wasn't settled in my mind. It was kind of impulsive. Um, so my grandmother, when uh, when she came here, she's about to turn 99. She's the she's the last one of the founders. When she came here, like like I told you, there were many people with her. And it gave meaning to their life and life was hard. They slept in what they called um, straw bale palaces. 
So they literally slept in houses made of just exposed straw bales under the stars. Mm. Um, so it was harsh. They moved rocks by hand from nearby field um, hills to make fields. They worked really hard, but they definitely did not lack a sense of meaning or camaraderie, which was a given. They just, just did it with other people. And for me, that's exactly what I lacked in Georgia. I had like this kind of loose group of, of friends there, but not enough to really support me and help me make my house there. And when I came back there with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, that connects back to um, to the point about visiting the place you want to visit at the harshest time. So mm -hmm. I, I didn't bring her in the nicest season, which is probably the spring or fall. We went there in the summer because that's when I could go. And in the summer in Georgia, oh my God. I mean, I can't, I can't even defend it, right? It's basically like ticks, um, chiggers, which is this type of larva that digests your skin with enzymes. So you can't mm -hmm. sleep at night. You just scratch yourself. There's fire ants, poison ivy, mosquitoes, um, and 100% humidity. <laughs> so very tough. And that's, that's when she came in and saw the place. So it was actually really hard. I can't blame her for not liking it. Uh, but when she said there's no way that we would go there, I was literally faced with a decision. I was like, do I choose this person whom I've known for half a year now, and I love her. Like I had no, we married within a year of knowing each other. So there was not, not, not a question there about our love for each other. Um, but it was like a dagger going through my heart when it came to, to that place in Georgia, because I had every intention to like, just sort out my things here, get a degree, whatever, just think about things and then go back and do it. And it was really, really hard. Like it, those were a tense few months. Um, and I would hold on to every kind of glimmer of hope whenever she said, I can see why you went to Georgia. And I'm like, oh, that means she, she will move there with me. But then she would tell me, no, 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 that's not what I mean. And I would fool myself very often about like, oh, she's about to, to break and, and come with me. Um, mm -hmm. And it, I, was, I was grieving for that home you know and eventually i i moved on and and we're still still looking now so <laughs> yeah i completely get that what do you think in terms of what you saw with other people about the concept of home like what are some of the ingredients that that have to be in it emotionally and how to keep it, maybe like, does it have to be ordered? Um, I don't know, just anything you could share about how you view the, the concept more. Yeah, um, what is it in there? I mean, it's kind of a, it's gonna be a very easy and obvious answer, but respect, um, love, um, being willing to work through things together. <laughs> That's about it, you know, good faith, like all the usual. It's kind of, I think it's the same ingredients um, that make communication good between two people. 
but it's just extrapolated because it's not just a conversation now, it's living in the same space. Yeah. But yeah. the ingredients are pretty similar, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think also in my case, when I gave up on Georgia as a home, which was a physical place, I, I kind of chose to, to make my home with wherever my wife is, you know, in a sense. Or at least we're still looking for a home together, but it's interesting how home can be the first priority or for a while it has to be like a second priority. Um, it's interesting how you could have a conception of, of home, but then have something like what happened to me, uh, where there is a, some sort of conflict that you need to resolve and uh, breaking up is also a, a way to resolve uh, mm -hmm. this conflict. Right. Um, but that's kind of interesting to note that, you know, I had to tell myself that as, as emotionally salient as it is for me, like the concept of living in Georgia, the idea of living in Georgia, like that specific place or something like that. No, I can, let it die, literally grieve it, but then something else will be, will be born. Um, and I just wonder if, is it something like today, I guess, well, I'm guessing since you said that you don't really know what's going to happen next, it's not something that's so emotionally salient to you, but can you imagine yourself being um, connected with a, with a place uh, so much that it would be hard for you to to leave it yeah yeah it could um i don't think there's any place like that in my mind at the moment but i did feel connected in berlin but i think the only reason i will have to well i think if i if i end up don't if i end up not going there i can find something else that works well you're yeah. remaining optimistic no matter what Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, are there any other thoughts that you were about to that you want to share with people listening? I'm kind of curious. What are your criteria in terms of living place? So nature. You want to be about around nature. Um, yeah. How else are you going to choose your next place? I want a small home. Like I don't want a tiny home. I do want the, the necessary amount of rooms um, that I need, but I want the rooms to be as small as possible in terms of whatever works, works. I don't want size because partly because I, I don't want to lose even one, um, one centimeter of land that to a building. So if I can mm -hmm. get another centimeter of, of, of soil, I want that and not the building. Um, so I have a lot of ideas, including of how to build my home, right? In terms of like alternative methods and, and stuff like that. Like I love building with uh, with mud or cob or stone. If, if But whatever it is really, wherever it's going to be, because we have been thinking also about Portugal and places like that, maybe not Israel, Cyprus or Greece. Um, Whatever is the local thing, I would want the, the home to be made of local materials and adjusted for the, for the local climate. So it has to be small, interesting, just not 
not whatever is just happening, whatever is the cheapest or the easiest to build because I'm willing to, to sweat and, and build it myself. And of course, the people in it. So obviously, my wife, my daughter, and then also design a place for, for animals as well. To me, it's, it's something that's a, that's a part of it. Um, it makes no sense for me that there are people outside of cities that don't live with chickens. Though, though I, I don't live, I, I don't have chickens right now, but I think it makes sense. I'm, I'm really looking for the farm lifestyle, if you, if you can nice. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. I hope just, I can visit you and see how that looks like and see the chickens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I went through a lot of um, floor plans in my head already over the years you know so many ideas so many ideas and it's just a, a matter of finding the the right place to to start it really awesome yeah in terms of people who want to follow you on your journey <laughs> maybe to finding mm -hmm. a home to moving around to hearing what you have to say to hearing um what you're how you're spending your days and what you could offer to them do you have any sort of um details that you want to share with people um yeah well the, the the place where people could find me and chat is twitter um my username is clo s so c-l-o underscore underscore s i definitely don't just talk about berlin and homes so <laughs> <laughs> don't come in expecting only that or mostly that but i'm definitely up to chat about it and if someone lives in berlin and want to meet up next time i'm there that would be a pleasure is there anything else or so if you're listening and you're interested in <laughs> digital wellness and yeah that's what i was aiming at yeah okay that's what, we, that's what you were going for yeah if you want to learn about digital wellness about how to build ethical mindful products um uh you can also go to my Twitter profile or to this2shogro.com. I write articles, I write a newsletter twice a month. I offer coaching in digital wellness and mindful UX consulting. So yeah, hit me up. Yeah, so you, you, you're definitely more than just a person who's thinking about home and has a Twitter <laughs> handle. Yeah. I do love thinking about homes, but yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. All right, people, you heard it. Um, go follow Claw. And Claude, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing your um, kind of journey on thoughts, thinking about home and moving from home to home. And I'm rooting for you in your search for, for the next one. Thank you so much. Thanks for thank the chat. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.